Welcome to the Wedlake Bell Legal Podcast, covering a range of legal topics, including updates from our four practice groups private client, real estate, business services, and dispute resolution. Welcome to Wedlake Bell Data Privacy Podcast, episode 4, recorded on 23rd December 2021. Today we have 13 updates for you. Update number 1. The ICO fines the Cabinet Office £500,000 for disclosing addresses of the 2020 New Year Honours recipients. Last December, the Cabinet Office discovered its error and took down the spreadsheet within 29 minutes and the cached file within two hours. In that time, it was accessed from almost 3,000 IP addresses. Most affected individuals were contacted within 48 hours and 11 letters were posted within three days. The ICO was notified within 72 hours. The ICO identified a number of failings, such as a lack of testing of a new system used for the first time, which had been signed off by ministers regardless. Cheaper off-the-shelf solutions were preferred when bespoke solutions were in fact needed. Regular change in cabinet structures often resulted in urgent deadlines. One team spotted the error but decided to amend the output rather than the system's build, ending up doing neither. Later, a member of staff spotted the excess data but decided to hide it in the CSV file. There was a lack of training and internal guidance that did not explain data minimization. The digital team implementing numerous changes did not spot the hidden addresses, which became visible upon publication. No senior staff was copied on the final version and there was no formal sign-off process. There was no content removals process, including for out-of-hours. There was no effective access control. The breach was high risk with a high gravity of failure because it was a significant event involving high-profile people which attracted considerable interest. The Cabinet Office is a long-established organization at the heart of government, yet it was in need of a cultural change. Three complaints were received by the ICO and 27 people complained to the Cabinet Office about fear for personal safety. Police was asked to assess the risk and offer advice to individuals. Police monitored the internet for a week and the Cabinet Office continued and deployed digital tracking and analytics. Update number two, draft EU directive on improving working conditions in platform work. The aim is to address changes to the labour markets due to the growing platform economy by focusing on three aims. Tackling employment status misclassification in platform work and granting the legal employment status that corresponds to the workers' actual work arrangements, but new safeguards will also apply to the genuine self-employed. Ensuring fairness, transparency and accountability when using automated systems that support managerial functions and ensuring national authorities have access to key information about platforms and workers. Platforms will have to inform workers about key features of automated monitoring systems, including what specific work performance acts are monitored, supervised and evaluated, and automated decision-making systems used to take or support decisions that significantly affect working conditions, such as access to work assignments, earnings, occupational safety and health, working time, promotion, contractual status, restriction, suspension or termination of the account, and what categories of decisions are automated and what are the parameters. 
Systems must not process any personal data concerning platform workers that are not intrinsically connected to and strictly necessary for the performance of their contract, such as private conversations, health, emotional state, and any data relating to time off. Platforms must regularly evaluate the system's impact on workers' health and safety and reduce any undue pressure or risk of physical or mental harm. Deploy competent and trained individuals with sufficient authority to override AI who will enjoy protection against unfair dismissal. Workers will have the right to obtain an explanation for each decision with the possibility to discuss and clarify the facts, circumstances and reasons for such decisions with a human and a written statement of reasons for any decision to restrict, suspend or terminate a worker's account, remuneration or changing worker's status, and appeal the decision and to obtain a substantiated reply within a week, and platforms will have to rectify any incorrect decision or provide adequate compensation. Platforms must consult with representatives or workers any new automated monitoring or decision-making or any substantial changes to those systems to foster social dialogue on algorithmic management systems. Once adopted, member states will have two years to implement the directive. The GDPR enforcement framework will apply. Update number three, UK government's roadmap to an effective AI assurance ecosystem. The UK wishes to establish the most trusted and pro-innovation system for AI governance in the world to ensure that AI systems do what they claim in the way they claim. Plan is to help organizations to establish evidence for assessing whether an AI system is trustworthy and to communicate that evidence at the right level to inform the users. Assurance is about building confidence or trust in something, similar to the cybersecurity industry, a non-statutory AI governance framework will aim to provide producers, operators and users of AI with reliable evidence about the risks of these technologies so they can make responsible adoption decisions, information about what topics AI systems need to be assured for, AI management system and risk management and measurement standards, accredited and chartered AI assurance professionals, support for independent research to contribute to the assurance ecosystem, and encourage regulators to drive demand for assurance through enforcement and rulemaking activity within their remits. As part of the AI assurance ecosystem expected within the next five years, the government promises an AI assurance guide, an AI standards hub focused on global digital technical standards, a white paper on the governance of AI systems, the UK's data protection reform, and an AI Assurance Accreditation Forum, which will bring together professionals in AI assurance. Update number four, EDPB on the interplay between GDPR's extraterritoriality and data transfer provisions. These provisions ensure that the level of protection guaranteed by the GDPR is not undermined when personal data is transferred to third countries or to international organizations where the EU legal framework, including fundamental rights, does not apply. They complement GDPR's extraterritorial effect. Each transfer tool is subject to an assessment of essential equivalence, which can be achieved with supplementary measures. Supplementary measures are needed to address the gaps in the national laws and government access rules conflicting with the GDPR, as well as the difficulty to enforce and obtain redress against an entity outside the EU. According to the EDPB, a transfer consists of three cumulative criteria. 
First, a controller or processor is subject to the GDPR for the given processing. On this point, foreign organizations caught by GDPR's extraterritorial effect must also comply with data transfer requirements under the GDPR. Second, the exporter discloses by transmission or otherwise makes available personal data to another importer. This will exclude situations where data is disclosed directly on the individual's own initiative, for example a customer at checkout, or where an employee travels abroad and uses a VPN to access the employer's data, as this is deemed to occur within the same controller or processor. However, in this case the employer could conclude that extensive security measures are justified or even that it would not be lawful and employees could be prevented from bringing laptops to certain foreign countries. It will include a transfer from a processor to another processor or controller. This means any foreign organization using a service provider in the EU will receive data back only under the SCCs. However, this is currently not envisaged under the ICO's draft data transfer guidance. Third and last, the importer is geographically in a third country or is an international organization, irrespective of the GDPR's extraterritorial application, as this must be assessed on a processing and not per entity basis. However, for a transfer of personal data to a controller already subject to the GDPR, less protections and safeguards are needed and the EDPB will contribute to a new set of SECs for such transfers. Update number 5. Wiesbaden Court orders university to stop using a cookie consent management platform because of transfers of data to the US due to the use of Akamai content delivery network services. The consent management platform was provided by a Danish company. Consent data including IP address, OS version, browser type, language preferences, color setting and type of screen, which together constituted a digital fingerprint, was sent to Akamai, GmbH's servers located in the EU, but subject to the US Cloud Act. The court held Akamai was sole processor as the Danish entity did not process any data and the Danish entity was solely responsible for instigating the transfers. The Danish provider only had blanket SCCs with Akamai missing and his supplementary measures to address transfers to the US. Update number 6. Updated guidance on data transfers and EU SCCs from the Baden-Württemberg Authority in Germany. Organizations are advised to check for alternatives such as keeping data locally with a provider who is not subject to the US Cloud Act or using encryption with the key only accessible to the organization. To review the possibility of access by governmental bodies under local law and practice by considering public materials from the local data protection authority, the EDPB, the European Commission or the Foreign Office. To consider the provider's practical experience with prior law enforcement requests or a lack of them, provided this is corroborated by other objective elements and not contradicted by reliable publicly available information. Ensure there are enforceable rights and legal remedies available to exporter, importer and data subjects under local law. A strong focus on supplementary measures is advised. In the absence of effective supplementary measures, the recipient's reassurances about its willingness to act in accordance with the law can be relied on. The old SCCs will rarely be sufficient for US transfers unless the controller can effectively prevent access by US intelligence agencies through anonymization or encryption. Pseudonymization is no longer mentioned. 
The new SCCs address some issues identified in SHREMS too, but should be further complemented by adding an obligation on the importer to notify individuals about law enforcement requests on demand, adding an obligation on the importer to wait until final instance judgment before disclosing data to authorities, making individuals beneficiaries of the importer's obligations to challenge requests, adding an obligation on the importer to inform data subjects about changes to subprocesses, adding an obligation on the importer to indemnify the data subject regardless of fault against any damage caused by access to data concerning the data subject by agencies of its country. Update number seven, Information Commissioner's Opinion, Data Protection and Privacy Expectations for Online Advertising Proposals. The ICO shares its concerns about cookie alternatives such as device fingerprinting and Google Privacy Sandbox, which remain immature and are based on the same fundamentally flawed approaches that further dilute instead of raising the standards of data protection. They have not demonstrated that they will result in better data protection outcomes compared to the existing ecosystem. The complex web of profiling, tracking, auctioning and data sharing means that technologies are deployed with the potential to be highly privacy intrusive. According to Recital 78 of the UK GDPR, processes and non-processes who produce ad tech, even if they are not controllers, should be encouraged to take the right to data protection into account during design and development to allow their customers to meet their compliance obligations. The ICO explains that even if data is collected passively or where the processing involves observed, derived or inferred personal data, this is still processing of personal data which can in some circumstances raise more significant risks of harm where individuals are entirely unaware that it takes place. This includes processing of device information and data matching, combination and enrichment within the extensive data supply chain. The ICO reiterates that neither the legitimate interest balancing test nor a compatibility assessment would enable such processing to be fair and lawful without consent because of the nature, scope, context and purposes of these processing activities, including predicting actions and informing decisions and the risks they pose to rights and freedoms. At the same time, the law intends to strike a balance between protecting individuals' rights while recognizing the function that personal data has for the economy and wider society. A measured and considered approach is in order due to the importance of advertising to participants in a commercially sensitive ecosystem. The ICO focuses on advertising harm. Data protection issues have real-world consequences and can lead to harm such as detriments suffered by individuals or societal harms with collective consequences. New proposals must address harms such as lack of autonomy, loss of control, information asymmetry, manipulation and influence, misuse, lack of confidentiality, chilling effect, reduction in trust and confidence or impeded exercise of rights. The Google Privacy Sandbox or GPS seems to keep existing use cases alive and introduce additional tracking vectors through fingerprinting. The CMA's investigation of the impact on competition in digital advertising markets of GPS was expected to conclude last month and Google has offered reassurances. 
On user preferences and identifier developments, according to the ICO, the TCF, GPC and ADPC systems intend to collect an individual's preference and transmit it to the other market participants. However, they are based on the use of some form of identifier, which constitutes personal data. The ICO stressed that even if data were anonymized, anonymization will not help avoid Regulation 6 of PECA, which applies regardless of personal data. Even a masked email can constitute an identifier. The ICO questions if it's necessary, proportionate and fair to seek personal data for identifier-based solutions on an opt-out basis. The ICO addressed certain misconceptions. In this regard, the ICO rejects that first-party data has an inherently lower risk than third-party data. Repurposing data for advertising would be unlawful without consent because it is unexpected or would have an unjustified adverse impact on the individual. Referring to the data sharing in open banking as an example, the ICO says organizations should not prohibit data sharing with other organizations on the basis that doing so conflicts with data protection legislation. However, organizations must also consider if data sharing might need consent under PECA if processing activities involve the use of cookies and similar technologies. Intragroup transmission or sharing with other organizations is possible if the disclosure is fair and compatible with the original purpose. However, the reference in the recitals to internal administrative purposes does not mean that data can always be passed on between group companies under legitimate interest, even for a new purpose, if doing so would be incompatible with the original purpose. The ICO provides detailed recommendations on ATEC approaches, including Explain design choices. If the processing of personal data is necessary, explain why, as well as the steps taken to identify and mitigate risks, and ensure that new risks are not introduced, for example in relation to cohorting or segmentation, the risk of those individuals being placed into protected or vulnerable groups. Consider interaction between different components and the aggregate impact. Make service requirements and objectives publicly available. Explain the benefits, outcomes and use cases, user benefits and their reasonable expectations. Resolve tensions between interests of different ad-tech stakeholders. Demonstrate how the solution reduces tracking and risk of re-identification. Avoid augmenting, matching or combining personal data without strong justification, transparency and control. And consider how the solution enables customers to undertake a DPIA. As a general rule, contextual-based advertising allows most readily for compliance with the data protection principles. Update number 8. CJEU's ePrimo case on inbox advertising. The court held that ads included among emails in an email service constituted unsolicited marketing emails. Under the e-privacy directive, electronic mail itself is defined as any text, voice, sound or image message sent over a public communications network which can be stored in the network or in the recipient's terminal equipment until it is collected by the recipient. The court explained that, because this ad looks like an email and there is a risk of confusion, it falls within the scope of unsolicited electronic marketing rules. Just like with unsolicited emails, the ad must be deleted before the user can see further emails, unlike with banners or contextual windows. 
One must consider that this inbox is the means by which the ad messages in question are communicated to that user, which implies the use of his or her email for direct marketing purposes. The rules will apply to any communication for a commercial purpose that reaches directly and individually one or several users of electronic mail services by being inserted into the inbox of the email account. The ads also constituted aggressive commercial practices under the Unfair Commercial Practices Directive as they were received three times over the course of 35 days. Update number 9. Advertising platform OpenX has been fined $2 million for breaching children's privacy law. The Federal Trade Commission alleged that the company collected personal information from children under 13 without parental consent in violation of FTC's Children's Online Privacy Protection Act rule, or COPPA. The rule requires that websites, apps and online services that are child-directed or knowingly collect personal information from children under 13 to obtain parental consent. OpenX reviewed hundreds of child-directed apps marked as for toddlers, for kids, kids games or preschool learning and included age ratings for the apps. Because of this knowledge the rule was violated, OpenX passed the data to third parties for ad targeting. In addition, OpenX violated the FTC Act by falsely claiming that the company did not collect geolocation from users who opted out of such data collection. OpenX is required to delete all relevant ad request data and implement a comprehensive privacy program. This includes periodically identifying child-directed apps and banning them from its ad exchange. Update number 10. EDPV Statement on the Digital Services Package and Data Strategy. EDPB's overarching concerns include a lack of protection of individuals' fundamental rights and freedoms, fragmented supervision and risk of inconsistencies in the proposals for the AI Act, the Digital Services Act about rules aimed at preventing online harms such as exchange of illegal goods, services and content online, misuse by manipulative algorithmic systems to amplify the spread of disinformation, which will apply to online intermediaries, online marketplaces, social networks, content sharing platforms, app stores, online travel and other platforms. The Digital Markets Act about rules for dominant online platforms or gatekeepers online platforms to ensure a fair business environment, innovation and consumer choice. The Data Governance Act about rules for trading data and reusing public sector data on neutrality terms for innovation in a way that promotes trust. And the Data Act about rules for access to data and the legal protection of databases to ensure fairness in the allocation of data value among actors in the data economy, including in business-to-business -business and business-to-government situations, to support big data and AI technologies. Among other things, the EDPB proposes stricter regulation of online advertising in the Digital Services Act in favor of advertising without tracking, with a phase-out leading to a prohibition of targeted advertising on the basis of pervasive tracking and banning the profiling of children. And it proposes banning AI to infer emotions except for well-specified use cases for health or research purposes. Update number 11. Proposal for a European regulation on transparency and targeting of political advertising. As part of the European Democracy Action Plan, the proposed regulation will introduce transparency requirements for providers of political advertising 
and rules on the use of targeting and amplification techniques based on personal data in respect of ads directed to EU individuals regardless of the provider's establishment. The aim is to reduce the possibility of manipulation of the democratic debate and the right to be informed in an objective, transparent and pluralistic way. It will cover both online and offline activities and the entire spectrum of political advertising publishers. Targeting on the basis of special categories of personal data will be banned. The initiative will not interfere with the substantive content of political messages. Advertising publishers must include a clear statement that the ad is political, the name of the sponsor, the wider context of the ad. Take reasonable efforts to ensure completeness of the information and not publish ads without it. Place a user-friendly mechanism for individuals to report breaches. Work with a controller to include the information. Implement and keep for five years a record of targeting and amplification techniques, including their logic and parameters. Publish annually revenues from political ads. Transmit the relevant information to competent authorities and appoint a representative in the EU with legal responsibility for compliance and communications. GDPR fines will apply in respect of infringements of targeting and amplification obligations. Update number 12, NHS Business Authority and Information Commissioner and SPIVAC. The NHS refused to provide statistical data under Freedom of Information request where fewer than five items had been prescribed because patients could be identified as a result of that information combined with other information. The court reiterated the reasonably likely to be used and the motivated inquirer tests but noted there is no mention of any test of remoteness or likelihood. The judge accepted the evidence that the identification of a patient from the number of dispensed prescriptions was not certain because there could be other explanations. The chance of a particular outcome depends on the means that can be employed and the means available controls the potential outcome. By limiting the means that can be employed, the chances of identification are reduced. It is not sufficient to say that it is reasonably likely that someone is covered in a pool of data because it involves speculation. Any possibility of identification that is insignificant or extremely remote is excluded. Update number 13. Council of Europe, a recommendation on automatic processing of personal data in the context of profiling. The document refers to the risks of profiling techniques, artificial intelligence and machine learning systems. High-risk profiling includes profiling operations that have legal effects or significant impact on the data subject or group, profiling of a target audience that could unduly influence or affect individuals, profiling involving special categories of data or predicting the same, and profiling that affects a very large number of individuals or that negatively impacts the well-being of individuals and the development of an inclusive, democratic and sustainable society. The Council's recommendations include operational human intervention with ability to override, seeking consent for profiling, transparency to explain the justification for a decision even if pseudonymized data is used, not relying on data or output taken out of context, regularly assess the risk of re-identification, regularly assess the reliability of the model and consistency and reproductibility of results, 
Controllers and processors should regularly assess data quality to avoid bias and the training of the model with help of a multidisciplinary assessment team consisting of qualified and knowledgeable professionals in consultations with interest groups. Intellectual property or trade secrets cannot stand in the way of audit. For more information, please go to the Red Lake Bell website. You just listened to the Wedlake Bell Legal Podcast. If you liked our episode and want to know more, then check out our website, www.wedlakebell.com. Wedlake Bell, building relationships is at the heart of everything we do.